Allison Reagan, the mother to me. Welcome to Let's Talk. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much, by the way, for coming so far to come to my studio. I know you had to walk, you know, a couple stairs down, and I appreciate it. It was a long haul. <laughs> yeah. Had to put on some shoes, some <laughs> boots, and, you know, You got coat. yourself together. Yeah, but it's all good. It's fine. You look good in this. This is like your outfit. Every oh. time we put this on you, you look like a million bucks. Don't like it. Why? I feel like a sausage. No. Don't like oh it. Oh, my God. But it's, it's okay. It's better than the flowy shirts they usually throw on. You got to show it off a little more. You look good. <sighs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm past that t that stage in my life, but whatever. <laughs> so, we get deep on this show. Oh, no. We're going to be talking about go with deep. a lot of things. I thought I was going to jump out of a box or something. <laughs> Are you ready? Sure, why not? So I wanted to start off this conversation talking about my father and you. Okay. Because clearly the relationship didn't work. No. <laughs> no. So I think it's very important. Obviously, it's where I come from. It's where the whole story of me began. So you and my father met where? We met through a friend that I went to high school with, and okay. um, she was dating somebody who was a friend of ours as well, and um, they all had a house down the shore on the same block. Okay. And she had told me that, well, she had suggested that she knew somebody that okay. I would be possibly interested in. Okay. And it kind of went from there. So you meet this guy. I met the guy. What's your first thoughts? He's cute. Okay. We love that. Personable. Okay. Um, a charmer. Yeah, for, without a doubt. Um, <laughs> he definitely was um, different than what I was used to in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as um, everything. The, the attitude, the mentality, the frame of mind, you know, all, all the above. Um, so I wanted a little different. Because I I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn hmm. with a lot of different people, and I've seen a lot of different personalities, and this was a little bit different, you know? So, kind of like, went with my gut at the moment. Yeah. So, you guys were doing the long distance, because he's from Pennsylvania. We were. So, he would come in on weekends, and I'd go there, and we'd go back and forth. Do you and recommend long distance relationships? I do not. Okay. I don't, because I do believe that you don't really see a person um, 100% unless you spent more time with them on an everyday basis. Hmm. So I would never do that again. again. Me personally, I would never do that again. But did you feel like you knew him enough? Um, yeah, because I was young. Mm. Um, again, I was looking for something different. Yeah. And um, everything I was seeing at the moment... Mm was something that I was attracted to, right. I was into. So it was like kind of like a momentary mindset where yeah. like um, you just feel at the moment that it's right. Yeah. You know, and so you go with it. Right. Um, but now, you know, when you step out of the box and you reflect, you see all the red flags yeah. that you didn't see, especially when you're younger. Red flags are a little bit more not as noticeable mm. than when you're either older or either when you look back mm. on the situation. Mm. And then you look at something and you go, oh, wow. That's what I missed. And that's what I missed. And that's what I missed. Yeah. And, you know, 
So a lot of times we just go into something with our hearts and we really don't really use our brains to look at a situation and see what's the most, um, how do I put this, the most practical way of looking at something. Not more, not more emotional, but more right. practical because at the end of the day, practical comes a big part into something yeah. that we really don't understand. Well, we're blinded to it sometimes. Yeah, like, like you know, like things have to kind of even itself out right and so you know that's what happened in, in my situation well you guys got married so you took yes. the step you didn't did. see the red flags now no. you move from new york to pennsylvania mm-hmm. you're excited you're about to start this whole new life yes. i would assume didn't work out no. why well there was a lot of differences i had graduated college and I had this BA kind of hanging in the balance. I kind of wanted to pursue a career in criminal justice. I never was able to follow through with it because I stopped what I was doing halfway through. I got my BA in psychology to go out into, you know, I met somebody and get married and start a new life. And I did take a lot of tests for like, you know, different kinds of like city jobs out yeah. there. Um, but it didn't work out because there was just a difference in the way we looked at life. He didn't want to go to college. It it didn't really matter if he didn't want to go to college. It was more about the fact that he didn't find it as important yeah. as I did. Like, we had different views. Like, mm. it was, like, I, I never looked down on anybody. It was just we were on different, like, pages. And that's the one thing you have to look at when you you're, you look for a significant other is being on the same page with them. Like, you right. want the same things, whether it's children, yeah. whether it's, you know, a house or a condo. It doesn't matter. It's just you have to be on the same page. So he was looking at things like, oh, well, you know, you went to college and I'm working and I, you know, I do like hands-on stuff and I'm a blue-collar worker and I do this and I do that. And you're kind of not really on the same page, not saying that what he's doing is wrong, what right, you're doing is wrong. It's really a matter of like just being different. Right. And that's, that's, that's where the problem came in. But it was deeper than that. He wasn't really coming home, right? Well, there was times where, um, you know, like it was, you know, you hear the classic story, like you watch TV mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, you know, we, you know, the guy went out for milk and he never came back. Mm-hmm. And that's what would happen. Like, and what, and what I couldn't understand is because I didn't come from like a suburban area. Yeah. I was a city person where, yeah. you know, where when we buy things, we go to a pizza store for pizza. We go to mm-hmm. a pizzeria. We go to a um, grocery store to get groceries. But in where I lived with him, everything you bought was in a bar, mm. whether it was food or pizza or whatever. So while you're waiting for your groceries, your food, your this, <laughs> you're that, in a bar. you start drinking. And then what happens is time flies and you don't come home. Mm. So I wasn't used to that life because we didn't have that here. Right. But at the end of the day, he still wasn't coming home. And you didn't like that because you didn't understand it and weren't you just a little bit like worried or? Well, it started out where I was worried because I came from a home where that didn't exist. Didn't exist. I mean, you know. Well, it shouldn't exist anywhere. No, it didn't exist. Like, you know, um, in my house, you know, the dad came home, the mom was there and, you know, like nobody disappeared on each other and there was no question of. So at first I was worried. And then when I realized that there was a red flag and there was a problem, that's when I started to get mad. Hmm. You know, like your your worry turns into being angry. What did that anger look like for you with him? 
Um, Would you communicate like, hey, like you not coming home is bothering me? Yeah, I did. But the way that he looked at life was that it was normal. Mm. So he couldn't understand, which Mm. I don't wrong him for that. Gotcha. He couldn't understand why I was not understanding. Right. So there was, again, like a difference of lifestyles, you know? Yeah. Um, And if you're used to a certain way of life, you can't wrong them for that. You can't. Because that's just the way, that's all they know. That's it. That's just the way it is, you know? So you have to kind of like understand that they don't mean it against you personally. They just don't know better. They just don't know. know. They don't know any different. Yeah. So, you know, like I, again, like till this day, I can't be angry because if you if you don't come from the same background as I do, you know, I can't really like wrong you for that. Right. It's just that I was in a wrong situation for myself. Right. So I'm assuming that before you decided like, hey, this isn't working. I keep telling you this is bothering me. You're not changing it. This despite knowing that this is upsetting me, you had me. You had a kid that right. was what like eight months at the time. I left when you were a little over one years old. You were you were born in August, and I left around. Um, late September. Well, you said the big word. You left. Yeah. But before you left, there was a couple of warnings. You didn't just pick up and go like, hey, like, if this oh, keeps yeah. happening, yeah, yeah. I'm going to leave. Do you think that he took you serious? He did not. Hmm. He didn't. No, because, you know, you when you're married and it's the first few years of marriage, you kind of like try to work it out because it's not always like a, a smooth sailing. True. So, you know, you go through the stuff of, okay, I know, it's hard, you're adjusting, you're doing this, you're doing that. And um, a couple of times, I kind of drove home to Brooklyn. Okay. So it would kind of, like, tease the idea. Tease the idea. Okay. And then somebody said to me, well, a, a couple of things happened. The first thing happened was that somebody said to me, when you say something, you shouldn't mean it. Because mm-hmm. then you become a joke. Right. And then another person suggested I go to marriage counseling and I did but I went alone you wouldn't go no (laughs) and so the psychologist had said to me what are you doing here after I told him this whole story that was going on and everything he looked at me like I I he said how old are you and I told him my age and he said to me you're too young for this you can't change this you can't fix this you're from a different world yeah and I went home and I thought about what one person said to Mm. me and what he said to me and I kind of put it together and I said to myself, well, the next time something happens, mm. I'm gone. Okay. And that's what happened. And I went home. What was like the final, like, I'm done, I'm out of here? The disappearing. The dis- just the overall. Yeah, the disappearing. And just that anger towards him where it's like, I don't like feeling this angry towards somebody. I, I wasn't even angry anymore. I was just over it. I mm. was just like thinking about like the way I grew up and I didn't want to. One, one of two things. I didn't want my life that way. I didn't want your life that way. Because I didn't, my mother didn't give me that life right. that way. Yeah. So it's not fair for me to just say, oh, you know what? I'm going to stick it out for 18 years, which obviously we we know he did that with somebody else. Right. I'm going to stick it out for 18 years and make somebody miserable in somebody's life yeah. upside down. Because right. why? Like I could start, I could start from scratch and I could fix this. Yep. I could still fix it. Yep. You know, I had time to fix it. So. So you pack your bags. You guys just moved into this home. How- no, no, he had the house already. Okay, so you I moved, moved into, into his, his house. Okay. Yeah. 
So you pack your stuff, you take your eight-month-year-old baby, and you go back to New York. I put anything and everything into that car. I drove with literally the high chair chair sticking out from the sides of my head. Wow. And I went home. Did he call or fight Um, for you to come home, come back? I think he realized that he made a mistake too. Because I would never, ever, ever settle for anything other than what what I deserve. So I think he realized that it's better off because it would just be very toxic. Because I'm just not a person... Who can settle for something other than what I think I deserve? And listen, even after all that, I'm not saying I've had the perfect life, but at least I have kind of controlled some things. Yeah, as you I should. I put things in my control, whether they turned out good or bad or whatever. But I've, I at least are in control of, you know, my life, the way I I live, the way I run my house, the right. way. You know, with the way I do things, I don't have to depend on anybody. Well, I also think you're the type of person that would rather be in your own company than bad company. That's something you taught me. Well, I told you that because when I was a little kid, I opened up a Bazooka Joe. Uh-huh. And did you know how there's a comic? Okay. There's like a... Oh, a, I remember those. Yeah, That's a there's a comic TV strip. Too. And on the bottom it says, I, I, I was like maybe seven and I read this. It said, it's better to be alone than in bad company. Yeah. And I, it always stuck in my head. I don't know why. And I would always go around saying to people, even at school, if they bothered me, it's better to be alone in a bad company. <laughs> it's and like it's, foreshadowing but, the future. But it's just so true because yeah. if you're going to bring negative energy and people into your life, then that's on you. Yeah. Like, you're yourself. Like, whatever you're dealing with in your own self, that's something you have to work on. But why are you bringing in other people that's really adding on to whatever's going on already? Right. Like, I just don't think that's okay. Yep. You know? So I'd rather just let go of, like, bad things. Yeah. That I can't control. Because I'm a control freak, so. I don't think you give yourself enough credit for picking up and leaving. Because that's something that's very hard to do. And I guess my question to you is, with that being said... I want to first acknowledge how much strength that takes to do. And I guess the follow-up question is, do you have advice for someone? Because you're not the only one that was unfortunately in a marriage that just wasn't working. Like, how do you find it in you to just say, you know what, I got to go? Well, the one thing I can't do is tell people to leave their significant other. Because that would would just be not a good thing. Because... Mm -hmm. You're not in their shoes. So you can't say to somebody, like, I remember years ago when somebody said, oh, I I saw somebody with somebody else's spouse. And I'm going to tell her. And then always the messenger gets killed. True. You can't can't get involved with stuff with, with, with matters of the heart. Right. The only thing I can say is that think about, two things yourself and your children Mm -hmm. if you have children because they're a part of you and you're a part of yourself right so if you're in something that you're spending a lot of time trying to fix then you're in the wrong situation like you you should really pick up and and listen you can go to therapy and fix it if both parties are willing to fix it yep 
but if not like like I can't I don't have the time or patience anymore to chase things or fix or try to unfix things that can't be be. fixed I I, I don't I don't you know like I would I'm not gonna say that I could I'm gonna find the perfect person tomorrow nobody's perfect but at least have somebody on your page you know what you're looking for at this right. point That's have somebody sure. on your page who's willing to work with you yep. who's willing to like you know just listen to you yep. it's all about listening it's really not about you know i went to, i to, i spoke to someone a long time ago that said that we as people tend to be reporters we spit things out and spit things out and spit things out and we want everybody to listen yep. but do we really listen being a listener is very, very different than being a reporter. Yep. So, you know, like when I was a teacher and we'd be at school, you'd have, we'd put kids in groups, who's a reporter, who's the listener, yep. who's the note taker. It was always like the listener who had the hardest time Yeah. putting down the information on yep. the paper. Everybody else had their little task, but the listener yeah. always had the biggest difficulty. So that's really what it's about. It's about being a good listener. And, and we, as people are not always good listeners. Yeah. We want to be heard, good point. but we don't want to listen. I'm really glad that we kind of touched on the relationship because just sometimes as a whole and the generations and your generation and mine, like sometimes relationships are just hard. It's hard to just get along with people sometimes. Like how come you can't understand me and why can't I understand you? And I kind of wanted to hear from somebody who had that didn't work and they've learned to love themselves and move on. So you moved back to New York Uh and now you're raising me with Mina, who is my grandma, who's your mother. Right. What was that like as an old, like an only parent just raising me and what kind of child was I? Well, at first, um, when I took you back, um, your grandmother was very cooperative Yeah. as far as how we were going to work this. Okay. So, again, like, she gave me a little time because I was trying to get um, city jobs in Philly. And so I come back, and I already had my BA in psychology. And um, she said to me, listen, she goes, you know, while you were working your whole life, going to school, and even in, in high school, you were waitressing. You were like you you were doing stuff like you know being serving. She goes, why don't we do this? I'll work in the day, and you mm-hmm. find a job at night. We can work in a wait- wait- as a waitress, okay. and then you could, I could take care of um, your daughter. So um, that's what we did for like about three years. And um, at at the time that was happening, I was working as a waitress, and then one day she said to me, you know, used to sub. Um, back in the 90s before you were born she was like why don't you go back and sub and As a so teacher yeah so I went down I already was fingerprinted I already had done all of um, the little stuff and I went to sub the guy looked at me and he looked at my my um, transcript and he said can you start permanently tomorrow oh wow yeah and I was like a little bit like that's total anxiety. Yeah. That was anxiety. And I just went, oh, I went, oh, oh what? <laughs> he's like, well, he's like, yeah, I, 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 we need teachers or whatever. And now back, this was way back. back he was 90s, like yeah. late 90s. He says to me, listen, he said, you have a BA. He goes, uh, he said, all you have to do is um, 
go back to get your certification. And now, in this day and age, you have to get everything first. But okay. back then, I was I was lucky. They gave you a certain time frame okay. to do certain things. And so I got, like, a, a temporary license until I got certified. And then I went for my master's. And I remember when I graduated my master's, Nina was very, 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 which is your grandmother, was very um, adamant about me taking you to my graduation because she wanted to see. I think I remember. She wanted you to see me graduate. Yeah. She wanted you to see me do an accomplishment. How old was I? This was 2006, so okay. maybe nine. Okay. Because I feel like I remember yeah. this. So I got my master's, but I had to get my master's in education because I had zero credits in education gotcha. because I was thrown into like the fire. And I so really, you really restarted your whole life. I did. I wanted my master's in something else, but I couldn't because I was given this job. Right, I gotcha. You know? So that's what happened. And uh, Was I a very like energetic kid? Was I well-behaved? Very well-behaved. Oh, wow, Very okay. humble, very quiet, always good in school, um, except when you do the tickets with the graduation thing. Oh, yeah. But that's another story. That was in high school. We're yeah. talking about baby me. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, no. Bad. That was, that was funny. I was um, a hustler. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about what happened in high school. Give it well, to them. Before what they want to know now. What happened? Well, before what happened in high school was that you always wanted to sell things. So we would go to the beach club in Breezy Point. Okay. And everybody was in the pool. You say the kids. All the kids. All the kids. Okay. Running around, towels with sand over their heads. You were in front of the bathroom selling candy. <laughs> Trying to make a dollar. Hustling. I was saving the money, too. Hustling. Like, hustling. I remember, like, all my friends used to be like, come into the pool. I'm like, I got a, I got a business to run on my towel. Yeah. And then, then you went to grammar Stop, school. Crying. You went to grammar school, and you could get, the, you know, the box of chocolates that were a dollar. Please don't sell them by the school. She was out selling them everybody outside. I'm like, oh my god, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was a hustler. She was the only one who came home with an empty box. <laughs> Everybody else brings them to work. The parents here, please buy them for my kids. I did what no, I had to do. Came home with the empty box, and then was it then that you were like, oh, this kid might be a business owner of some sort? I was just confused because I'm so different. Right. I, I was like, you know, like me, like I wouldn't, you couldn't catch me sell anything. I'm like, whatever. But how did I hustle you? To get me the candy so I could sell it on a towel without your cut. That's now the that real was, question. That was, that was our friend Vinny. <laughs> Vinny he would go the... to Costco, buy the... And then he would say, try to teach you business. Where's my cut? No, I'm not giving you a cut. <laughs> it was very... I right. get 100% of the, the sales. Yeah, yeah, so it was... Okay, all... so we could say that I was a hustler as a kid. I was quiet and shy, but I made money. Do you know what I did with the money? Uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> I just remember you had tons of money always (laughs) stop but you were good in school you were yeah well okay to finish off the money thing what did i do in high school so in high school you went to a um performing arts school and you thought it was kind of boring (laughs) because you were going to all these other proms and everybody was having these like wild proms and you thought your prom was going to be boring oh I i skipped the part how you would rent out halls <laughs> yeah, at did. 15 years old and have parties and charge people $40, 50 a head. Let's not forget about that. <laughs> That's so true. 
Okay. And you'd make money doing that. So with that, with, that segue into what I'm going to say was that you decided to make these like, um, I don't know, these like tickets. Tickets. Yeah. And I couldn't that said the my school's name after prom, which you can't do. After prom. I was trying to make the tickets look cool and, you know, go with the theme of the school. Like you got your ticket, you know, you're from my school and my party. We had a little tit that with I the principal. I didn't know all this was happening until she decides to stand in the middle of the hallway with a line wrapped around the hallway trying to pay her for these tickets. The line was pretty And loud. I'm at work. I was a teacher at the time, and I get this phone call, and it says, um, are you Miss Reagan? Yes. Um, your daughter has a lot of cash that we just confiscated. A lot of cash. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they proceeded to tell me the story. So I had to go home. I had to go up to school. And I'll never forget, that was the day my window rolled down and then rolled back up. And I get to the school. And all she said to me was, get the money back. All I care is get the money back. All I, to, oh, I don't care if I money. get suspended or expelled. So just like, get oh, the she's money. she's a good kid. And she's, she, we're not going to take the problem away from her. We never have a problem. With her. And, and listen, no one ever had a problem with you. And she kept, oh, get the money back. And they were like, well... We have to call the Board of Ed because if it's like not under like $100 of what we have or whatever, we have to confiscate the money. And I don't know by the grace of God. I was under like $10. 10 the, like maybe $10, $15. And I got, got the money the back. back. And it, after prom happened. But here's the thing. She had to read you the tickets. I, <laughs> Without the school name on now it. Now she went to graduation and everybody, when she went for her diploma, stuck going, after prom, <laughs> after prom. And I'm like this. And I was just like, oh my God, this party still went on. And I was, was... I was, I honestly thought that I wanted to be an event planner for the rest of my life. I was a pretty good party thrower. There was some guy she would talk to and we'd be fun. She'd be funneling him money. Who was that guy? I forget his name. He hooked me up with all the values, values, the um, venues. But anyway, okay. That's all about the child that I was. Now we meet Francesco. Franny. Your daughter gets into her first ever relationship. You find out she's sneaking around Dunkin' Donuts with some guy. You're like creeping up on me, clearly. I didn't even know you knew this. I'd be like, hey, mom, I'm going to go somewhere. Okay. How'd you know it was at Dunkin' Donuts? That's the first question. Hey, having a date. You kept saying, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. I go, well, she's. 15, she only drink coffee. Why is she going to Dunkin' Donuts? Maybe a donut, I don't know. You know, day one, kind of, okay. After day 10, <laughs> you got to get in your car and see what's going on at Dunkin' Donuts. True, fair. And so I pulled up, and it was two, the both of you were standing outside, and the rest is history. Do you remember your first time meeting Francesco? At the front of the Dunkin' Donuts. Did you guys, like, interact? Yeah, he came over. He introduced himself. Always. shook my hand. Um, and After that, the guy was at your house every day after school. Every day. <laughs> every day. I would say, pick up your legs so I can vacuum and sweep. <laughs> um, you know, because uh, mm-hmm. none of you drove. Yeah. So you guys were sitting on my couch for many years. Watching TV. What was your favorite memory of him? I have a few. One of my favorite memories of him is funny. When we went to one of your dance competitions, and he was just so interested in the fact that I was watching 
on CNN, then the Malaysia flight that disappeared. Oh, gosh. And he was making us the espresso coffees in the hotel room. Oh, he was the best at the coffee. Yeah, and he was just kept making me coffee, and he's going, what's going on with the plane? What's going on with the plane? <laughs> so he was into it with you. Yeah, yeah, that was one of them. He just was the type of person that if he knew that you were really involved with something, he just wanted to, like, entertain it because he knew that you loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, he just yeah. knew how to make everybody so happy and comfortable. Yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, there's so many memories, but just, that one makes me laugh. Just the dance. Yeah. I love when he came to the dance competitions because dad would not sometimes come yeah. so it kind of filled that void you know yeah, yeah 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 no i mean he was definitely a team player so francesco was my high school sweetheart then i had to go away to college which i was really torn about if i should go away if i shouldn't i was really worried about leaving him behind and you gave me advice and you said you know put yourself first and if it's meant to be it'll be which yeah. it was right Number one, why did you push me to go away to college? Because I know you didn't have that experience. Because I didn't want to go away to college. Okay. And if I did, I would have hoped that I would have given, been given that opportunity. You know, I look at things like differently than, let's say, my mom does. Um, I look mm. at My mom looks at things a little bit more practical. Mm. Like dollars and cents. And I'm not saying she's cheap. She's not. It's just more of like practicality. Hey, there's a college down our block. Why do you got to go to Florida? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, this school is thousands. right there. This what are you school, doing? You're going to be a teacher and you're going to go to Cornell for $100,000. Yeah. You could go to Brooklyn College for $1,000. Like, Whereas and, you... And, I, and listen, and, and I get that in, in, a, in a small right. sense. Yep. However... Like, I feel like it's four years of your life, mm -hmm. and if it, I mean, I have seen through my life where children mm. have made certain schools based on talent and performance, and their parents wouldn't let them go mm. because of where the, either A, the school was located, how far it was, yep. the commute, yep. and the, I've seen these children still resenting it, yep. still resenting it. And so what you I'm saying is I've watched that and I've seen it. I've seen people say to their parents, oh, I made this school and you didn't let me go because yeah. you don't want me to go on the train or you don't want me doing this. But you know what? Let your children learn about life. Right, right. So I didn't push you to go away. But if you came to me and say, hey, listen, I want to do this because it's something I, I, I feel like is for me. Why should I say no to that? Yeah, you were very good about letting me want to just be me like you want to go to dancing school you're a stage mom you want to go try out for all these high schools for acting i'm gonna help you with the monologues yeah. like you always let me lead my way and that was like yeah. you know like because it kind of goes to like sometimes parents like are like you're gonna do what i want you to do well because you know it's weird because my mom was a little bit of both okay my mom was pretty much the type, like, she let me lead my way. She wanted me to be independent. But then her practicality came in. Mm. So it became, like, almost like a control thing where it was like, well, you can do all these things. However, you have to do it right in this right. vicinity. Here's your options. This is your, this is your, you know, this is your um, square feet footage. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but you don't have to do it here because you could do it here. And you don't have to do it there. Yeah, and yeah. so it was like... It's a whole song and dance. 
Yeah, but she meant well. Yeah, like course. she meant well. She wanted me to do pursue whatever I wanted to pursue. But when it came to like let's say teaching, she'd be like, you know, teaching's a great job because you have a kid and you got summers off and you got vacations. It's perfect for a woman. But she never stopped to say, well, is this something you really, really want to do? Right. It was more about practicality. Right, right, right. Like this not, makes the most sense. Right. Not saying that sh- she thought that, like in her head, it was just a good idea of course but if you look at it like i would never say to you hey listen i think you shoot a b and c because it makes sense you do what makes you happy because that should make sense to you you know like it shouldn't make sense to me it shouldn't even make sense to anybody around you unless it makes sense to you because it's got to make you happy yeah you know because people spend too many years especially in jobs that don't make them happy yep they do things for practical reasons. And that's like what you doing, didn't want for me. Oh, you know, let me throw my kid in, in a city job because, you know, good benefits and pension, which is fine. I have nothing against that. They're great jobs. But if it don't make you happy, then why are you doing it? Yep. When I was discussing with you college, and obviously you wanted to push me into doing what I wanted to do, did you, just from like an adult standpoint, assume that Francesco and I were not going to make it as a long distance? No. You weren't sure? I didn't really think about it. Because, okay. Because there was a lot of things involved. Right. I knew you guys were young. Yep. I knew you guys were childhood friends. Yep. And, again, it all spirals back to, if this is something you wanted to do, you should do it. Yeah. Regardless. When you're older and you're married and you've got kids, of course you got to kind of like of do course. a 50-50. Right. You, kinda like, you can't just say, well, I want to do this and forget you. No, right. you can't. But when you're young and you're still finding yourself and you're basically um, in this, like, young thing going on, Mm -hmm. you kind of need a moment to, like, really... Figure out who you are, what you want. Because a lot of times people outgrow each other and, and, and you know, which is fine. And sometimes it doesn't, which is fine. Right. But you're not going to know that unless you kind of spread your wings a little bit, you know? So... Well, I come home from college, and boom, me and Francesco are back together. And not only are we back together, but like I said to his father when he was on the show, I said, we're TikTok stars. You're like, what the hell is going on? You see us two together making all these videos and doing this this whole new world. Like, for you guys, phones didn't exist, and the social media right. thing is very brand new. Like, where are you at with all this? Because I feel like you were a little bit more on board. Like, hey, this is kind of cool. Well, you guys need video ideas? I got you. Like, I'm with this. Well, you know, I got that little creative edge. Yeah. So did I, you like us doing this? I did. Yeah. I did. Um, I think because Francesco wasn't well, that it gave him purpose. Yeah. Um, I do believe that you were part of his purpose yeah. in this short time. Um, and... The whole TikTok thing was very interesting because when you were doing all of the other stuff, I just knew there was so much that the world should see. Mm. And so when he came on board with this, because, you know, we would laugh. We would watch the videos of him, like how how talented he really was. Yeah, he's but funny. he was just shy. Yep. You know, he was shy. And then he would just sit there and he would talk to me about ideas. Yeah. And, and you, you know, started to watch him with your own eyes find his purpose. Yeah. Like he would say to me, oh, Allison, why don't we do this? And we'd yeah. sit there and we'd come up with ideas and you would kind of be like not paying attention <laughs> to us. 
And, you know, like, I would say, oh, I was like, oh, yeah. And he'd be like, we're going to open up a hype house. And this yeah, and that. Yes, I remember that. Yeah, and, like, oh, we're going to do this. And we're going to have all these creators come in. And, like, I was all about, like, backing it up. Yep. Uh, well, you were his sidekick. Yeah. These two ganged up on me all the time. Whenever we had fights, I'm going to tell your mother. Boo-hoo. What, you, what are you two going to do? They would gang up on me. Because God. 90% of the time. Oh. You were wrong. That's so inaccurate. Okay, eighty nine percent of the time you were wrong, and 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 there's there's many reasons why, and I'm mm. not going to get into them. There is a um a thing called denial that people go through when they don't really see how the other person is tr- um trying to kind of stay on your page. Mm-hmm. And so I was seeing it. I was seeing a lot of things happening that you weren't, weren't. Right. So for instance. Like he was trying to keep up? So for instance, like if you would say, well, we have to make a video before um, the light goes down. And he can't, he can't get here on time. And to you, he was being tardy. To me, it was that I really didn't know what his morning was like. Right. You know, like, I didn't know what was keeping him from getting to where you were, you wanted him to be. Right, right, right. So, with him, he was trying so hard. I felt he was trying so hard to kind of keep up with mm-hmm. the Joneses, as they say. Yeah. Um, but, again, like, being in the moment, not being the third person mm-hmm. looking in like I was, you're not seeing what another person's seeing. Yeah. So, a lot sure. of times... I was taking his side because I understood without actually having the empathy. I had the sympathy, right? Which is a different thing. Like when you have sympathy, you you can you could you have you have feelings for this. When you have empathy, you know how, know what it's like to be in their shoes, right? 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 So I wasn't in his shoes. However, I had some sort of sympathy going on where right. I knew that he was not. It was a, deeper than just being late. Right. Right. Okay. So there was a lot of things, you know, although the fights were funny, they were, they were funny. They were like, I think that you were kids. I think that you had your ups and downs and nothing's perfect. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he wasn't a regular kid. Mm -hmm. He became a kid who was six. Mm -hmm. And so that's really the big picture because all that other stuff. Meaningless. It doesn't really matter. I agree. Well, especially now looking back. Yeah, you know, and guess what? Let's say all of this didn't happen. He was Mm -hmm. still here today. Yeah. Would that have made your relation stronger? Or would that have broken you up? I think that everything, even me not understanding at the time when I would yell at him for being late and maybe it was because he was having a hard time getting out of bed, all of it, what he did wrong, what I did wrong, what I wasn't understanding, what he wasn't understanding is what made us stronger every day. The Here's whole my thing. Answer. Well, speaking of sick, he gets very, very sick in 2021. Mm-hmm. And we pick up and we go to Mexico together. It was very out of nowhere. You know, again, we went from being on TikTok and living our lives and just being so happy and like kind of building this career together. And again, out of nowhere, he gets sick. Where were you at when I said, hey, Ma, like, I'm mo- I'm moving to Mexico for a month? I was not happy. I was not happy. Why? Many reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm not going to get into my views on uh, medical science. Right, holistic, yeah. But I will say that, um, I guess I mean like more in regards to as like a mother to the daughter. There was a lot of things that yeah. I was upset about. You yeah. were going to a very um, dangerous place, even though it was a beautiful facility. For sure. Um, there was no guarantee. There was very little time to really take that type of leap of faith. Um, it was a very small window of time. Um, and I just started to kind of, that was, I think, the turning point where I started to lose hope. Hmm. With Francesco's health. Yeah, that was my turning point. Um, well, my question, my next question is going to say, you didn't understand how sick he really was during this time because it was happening so quick and you felt like nobody was really communicating with you. So what what did you think was happening? Like, how, how much would you say you knew of him being sick? Like, did you... Well, yeah. you know, it, it's like anything else. Like, okay. everybody hmm. or anybody has this sort of level of denial. Right. So... Very true. It doesn't matter if you see it every day, yep. you hear about it, it's 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 some sort of denial. So, you know, I, I there's this boy who's been coming to my house for many, many years, and, you know, he shows up at my door one day bald, and I cried my eyes yep. out, and then, you know, um, there was this point in time where he looked normal like everybody else. Yep. And so... Um, when he started not showing up at the house and he would say stuff like, oh, um, he doesn't feel well today. Mm. Like, I just, it wasn't hitting me at first. Yeah. Um, you would see, though, because I remember you'd say, like, hey, Caitlin, like, you're never home. I was, like, very at the house. Right, but you weren't coming home and telling me much. And then right. what happened was on my birthday, which was the beginning of February, he picked me up. Yeah, I remember. And that. he seemed like he was fine. he was fine. He was like, Caitlin, let's go get your mother. I want to feel like a normal kid. Let's go do it. And, and we enjoyed of February. That yeah. And then I remember a week later, February fourteenth, you couldn't see him for Valentine's yeah. Day. And then things started to become real to me. Yeah. You know, I sat and I thought about it, and I'm like, okay, well, I have to, because you, you kept kind of like I kept saying you know like I want to see him but like it was like he doesn't want to see anybody yeah. whatever he, yeah and so he was very picky about that yeah so um I thought about it. I'm like I can't do this anymore I have to I have to see him well I was just gonna go to our next point because finally I said ma like come to the hospital well I actually was driving you there to drop you off I said, and I looked at you and I said I think I should go up and I said, I'll park the car. And that's that, that was like a week before he passed. Like a, the Wednesday before he passed. I think when you came up, that was where like everything was like, oh, I really understand now. You know, there's two types of, of I always say there's two types of deaths. There's called sudden death and there's called like slow process death. Mm -hmm. Sudden death is like where... Somebody like a dies car in a car accident, yep. and you don't ha you don't have a moment of denial. Correct. You don't have that 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 time to like, kind of like, gather your yep, thoughts. Yep, yep. And then there's this process of death where you have these stages yep. where like 
you're in denial, you're angry, you know. And at one point, you have to accept it. So, you know, um, like I know like when somebody was sick in my house, um, I was in denial because as you're, as that person's getting sicker and sicker, you just assume in your brain it's going to get better. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at, even right. watching him. Right. Before. And you don't have that that time to have denial because if, it, let's say, it was, God forbid, a car accident. Right. It's, it's, it's just is what it is. Well, when you saw him and you came up, I wanted to ask your experience with all that being said, just in that moment, you know, where, where are you at mentally? And did everything kind of click? Like, oh, this is where my daughter's been. Like, this is what's been going on. Like, the Mexico thing. Like, everything kind of just, well, like, unfolded. There was different parts of me. There okay. was the ang- anger hmm. of kind of, like, not knowing all of what I should have known because... You know, and again, I blame myself too because I don't know if I really wanted to see it. Like, I, I think I also was kind of staying away from it. I mean, listen, it was almost only a month. I mean, this got like aggressively bad. Um, so I went through some anger with like everybody around me. Yep. And then I went through like um, an acceptance. I went straight to acceptance. Like, I didn't have the chance to have the denial. Right, the in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, wow. And I just remember his mom saying to me at the hospital, I mean, I had this long conversation with Francesco, mm-hmm. and I remember his mom looked at me and said, oh my God, she said, I should be planning a wedding, not a yeah. funeral. And it just hit me. Like, I was like, does she realize what she just said? Like, is, is it really? Is she here? Is, is, she... is, she, is she just, again, reporting and not, not right. you know? And I just walked away and I walked to the car and I was like, wow. I was like, this is bad. This is real bad. I was like, I don't think they realize how bad this is. Do you because think I th- realized? No, because you know why? You you guys were with him every day. Yeah, true. You know, it's like, it's like, okay, so for instance, you go on a diet, mm-hmm. right? And you lose 30 pounds. If Someone who hasn't seen you in, forever. in two months yeah. sees you. They're going to notice Oh, it. my goodness. Right. But if I see you every day. You don't realize. Yeah, I that's don't a good really, point. I don't really realize it. You know what I mean? The way that somebody who hasn't seen you in a while. So I was walking into this four weeks later. Remember, he came for my birthday. He picked me up, which was the beginning of February. This is now second week of March, maybe. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. What happened in five weeks? Well. I think the reason why I also wasn't entirely communicating is because, like you said, I was kind of not really, I was in denial. I wasn't, like, fully understanding. And I, did you, were you able to tell that I was navigating a little bit off? Or would you say that I was functioning normal? You were functioning normal because you were really not in tune to what was happening. And I remember you asking me, do I think he's going to die? And I, I couldn't answer that question because I'm not God. One and there could be miracles, and I don't like giving people false hope. Like, yeah. So I said to you, I, "Listen, I didn't say no. I don't think he's going to die. I said I don't know. I but don't did know. you? You know what? I don't know. Hmm. I really don't know. You know, like we all have like a little bit of false yeah, hope. Of course, I really don't have an answer. But I do know that what I saw was 
completely um, eye-opening to me. You know, like, but... Well, that's what I was going to ask next. But what I did, did you learn? Learn from what? Just the whole experience of watching somebody's life be taken so short and just, like, as an adult. How did the experience just, like, change you? Here's the thing. Um, nobody's promised tomorrow. So, I always say be kind mm -hmm. to the people you know. Um, live life in, um in a good way and do what makes you happy um and if something doesn't make you happy then you change your your path in and life. it goes back to what you were always doing anyway you always kept pushing me to do that regardless yeah yeah of course um mm -hmm. and so i mean listen i wish she would have had a longer life um i look at my own age and i go i live double his life you know like i i lived I lived double his life, and if I died tomorrow, I could say I lived double his life, yeah. you know? Um, you said something to me. You said, um, after he passed away, and I talk about this in season one of my podcast, you said, I'm so sorry that he passed, but I want you to know that a lot of people don't even get to experience this love in a lifetime, not even myself. And I guess I wanted to ask you, like, why... How did you know that we had that true love? Like, what's true love to you? And where did that thought come from? Why do you think people don't really get to experience that kind of love all the time? Um, life happens. Life is life. Things happen. We can't say that we're all going to have a perfect life. It's, it, it, it's not in the cards for everybody. I mean, we all have a story. We all have things. But the one thing I can say is that... Um, very few times I see that unconditional love, that mm -hmm. um, that love story. Very few times. Mm -hmm. And so I saw it. Mm -hmm. I saw it. I completely saw it. And even with a little bickering and fighting, it was there. Yeah. It was, it was it there. It was a passion. Like, why yeah. can't we figure it out? Yeah. What do you think made Francesco and I special as a relationship? I really think it was the differences. He mm. was so different. Mm. And you knew how to bring it together. Yeah. Um, everything about you was different. The way you grew up, the yeah. way your life was, right. the way... Our preferences of how we wanted yeah. to do things. Um, and you we brought... found a way to make it work. Which is interesting because that was like your biggest problem with dad. Yeah. Wow. And I guess like the point is, like you said in the beginning, your advice was you just need two people that care enough to, right? Well, well it goes back to what I said about the therapist when I went to the marriage counseling right. and I told him this crazy story. I mean, to him, I mean, for He's a, not coming home. For a, <laughs> it, it was, it, there was a lot Deeper to that, it, of but course. I mean, that was just like kind of like, the gist but um i remember he looked at me and you know like as a therapist you shouldn't be saying this and he said to me this can't be fixed mm. you're too young for this you can get married and have more kids and do this and do that you're young and when i walked away from that i said he's right he's right this can't be fixed because he wasn't workable he wasn't meeting me halfway it was never gonna happen and I think you know, that's, it was, 
and and we were two worlds from different you know two and different so were worlds. We, but it took two. Yeah, yeah. And he was right, and you were right. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, you have to be patient with people, which I tried. And and if it doesn't work, then you have to make a decision. You know, like you have to decide what's best for both of you. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure leaving your dad was be- best for him too, because he wanted a lifestyle that I couldn't give him. Is there anything else that you wanted to just say about Francesco or our relationship or anything that you've ex- like just got from it or any last thoughts before we wrap? Well, I just want to say that I give you a lot of credit for being your age, for one, being in a situation that's extremely, extremely um, rare. Like, really, for you guys to be going through this, it's a, a young age is um, is a lot. You know, like, there are people who are together 50, 60 years who, have, who sometimes encounter these kind of situations. And the way you stuck by him and you cared for him and you took care of him and you, you were by his side. And I don't know if a lot of people would um, sacrifice their life and time unless it wasn't special. So... Yeah, you, you you listen. I make poke fun at the fact that you know you guys had your little tips and whatever, but I will say that you definitely were the best thing that have happened to him. And with that being said, I know you were his purpose, like part of his purpose. I mean, we all have a purpose here. Um, he probably learned his in a short time, mm-hmm. but you were definitely one of them. So, I think that also like. I feel like we both know, like, if it was vice versa, like, God forbid, like, he would have done the same thing. Oh, oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and I think that was, like, the motivation. Like, I know you got me forever, and I got you. Yeah. That yeah. was something we always said, so yeah. thank yeah. you. I, I, I miss him a lot. I know. So. I was going to say, I know that you took his loss really hard. Like, and like a child. And he comes and visits you in dreams. And oh, all the time. You get to see him because none of us do. We're just not as special, yeah. I guess. But you guys had something really special. Yeah. Because you understood him better than I think any of us. Me, even his mom, were like, yeah. why are you being so lazy? And he's like, I can't move. And then you'd come to you and be like, I get it, Francesco. It's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he loved that. So thank you for giving yeah. him that. Uh, I, I hope somewhere he's... He's here. He he's lurking. I hope. I just want him to know that. What do you want him to know? Meant like a lot him. to me. Yeah. Is something to that? Anything else? I love that. What I want him to know. What I want him to know. Um. Love them like a son. Um. Do a lot of special things for me. It made you happy. That's mm-hmm. it. And I wish he was here. Yeah. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your perspective. I came out of I came out of the, the I know you drove far to get here. Like I came I out said of the basement the where you locked me up. <laughs> I don't know. I re- no one seems to know I exist and now they do. There you go. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Uh, I love you. Ciao for now. <laughs>